A lot of small businesses are struggling to maintain their digital presence. And while it sparked a huge demand for services like SEO, website design, and social media management, those services aren't exactly producing high margins. Or are they? In this episode, we bring in a guest from the front line to understand how services are being priced and whether they're actually profit producers or just lost leaders. Welcome to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, bringing you unique insights on the ever-changing world of local marketing from two of the industry's brightest analysts and forecasters, Corey Elliott and Gordon Burrell. Today's podcast is sponsored by Guarantee Digital, providing a full suite of white-label digital agency services and strategic guidance, and by Ground Truth, the nation's leading location-based marketing and advertising technology company helping brands build and activate marketing strategies based on real-world behaviors. And now, here are your hosts, Corey and Gordon. Well, welcome, everyone. It's Gordon Burrell. Uh, I am here not with my usual lovely co-host, Corey Elliott. We have a substitute, someone who is completely taking his place, at least for this podcast, my good friend, Daryl Hively from Guarantee Digital. Daryl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gordon. So happy to be here. I know you got big shoes to fill because you're taking Corey's place this week. Corey is very, very busy doing some forecast data for us, begged out. And I said, I got the perfect co-host. It's Daryl Hively. So, Daryl, tell me really what you think of Corey. Well, first of all, you know, I, I don't know. Those are big shoes to fill. Corey's video uh, minutes are, you know, can't miss uh, episodes, you know, sort of like the next uh episode of Ted Lasso, for example. It's appointment <laughs> podcasting, right? It but, is. Uh, but we both have a face for radio. You know, when I think uh, about Corey, you know, we, so anyways, that, that's my yeah, first, I'll, my I'll, first thought. I'll, I'll agree with that. You know, I, this is funny and this is sad at the same time and also true. Two nights ago, I was sitting up and I'm realizing I can watch YouTube videos on my, uh, on my home TV. And so you can say, Corey Elliott's local marketing minute on YouTube and bam, there it is. And it was so funny. I'm laughing. It was like at midnight watching TV, right? Just cruising through the channels. And sometimes I sit here at my desk at lunch. I shouldn't be giving him this plug. Sit here at my desk at lunch and replay some video minute I've seen again and again because it's just funny. <laughs> it's just Three Stooges funny almost. Yeah, it's uh, it's bite-sized information. He doesn't mess around. He gets right to the point. So you know yeah. you're not going to be held in suspense for the cliffhanger. He gives it to you right up front. Yeah, but you know what's a lot better is this podcast. I mean, this podcast is much better than that silly little local marketing <laughs> that he does. Corey, if you're listening, we love you. So what are we going to talk about today, Daryl? I think, you know, you and I have been in the business for a very long time. I've known you, what, 20 years now? God, it's just such a strange and different environment than it was even just a few years ago. Don't you see that? Oh, it is. You know, just the, in, in, you know, I've been following your studies on the rise of these digital agencies and what media companies are doing. And then not to mention these independents, which we're certainly seeing a lot of on our side. Yeah. And, and there's a great, great story emerging. We had a client webinar, client only, very limited audience, just the top executives in the, in the companies. And I'll, I'll summarize it for you. And it was on, okay, here's the story we see emerging from our advertiser survey. We stepped way back from all of this data. So here's what's happening. 
internal marketing teams are forming. They're wresting control from the owner. The owner is seeding it, saying, yeah, you know a lot more about this stuff. I used to buy radio. I used to buy TV news, newspapers because those guys took me out on fishing expeditions or golfing. And I listened to K94, you know, going into work in the morning. And that's good enough for me. All these younger people are coming in. Half of all businesses are telling us they now have internal marketing teams making these decisions or influencing the owner in those decisions. They tend to be younger people. They don't have as much experience, particularly in traditional forms of media. So they're looking for a partner. They're looking for somebody to help them. They're not going to hire an ad agency because that's why they're brought in, to provide advice and counsel to the uh, to the owner. As they look for these media companies, we asked these internal marketing teams or influencers about how they choose a media company, Daryl. And the top four things have changed dramatically since about four years ago. I don't know whether you remember one of our conferences, Corey got up and said, the number one thing that people look for when they choose to partner with a media company is the type of media that they're selling. So they know they want to buy radio. So they go, well, number one thing is somebody who sells radio. And the number two thing is a sales rep who knows all about radio or newspapers or TV. Not even on the list this year. The big thing is we want somebody who knows about marketing. So tell me about that. Are you seeing that? And I think you're in a unique position because we have all this data where advertisers go online and say, yeah, this is what we want and this is what we're interested in. And you have more frontline uh, data, Daryl, at, uh, at Guaranteed Digital about what people are actually buying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, from even a just efficiency standpoint, having to deal, and I think some of your reports even highlighted this earlier, dealing with fewer entities that you were buying your media and your marketing from. Like a few years ago, it was going from five to four and then from four to three. And, and what they're looking for is someone who can look at their business holistically and help them not only with traditional media, if they're still buying it, but also their digital, because they want all that stuff to work together, not being operated in silos. Yeah. Are you seeing a lot of bundle buying? So it's not just SEO by itself, or it's not just targeted banners or geofenced ads or things like that. It's a whole group of stuff, or do they indeed buy, from your perspective, this stuff singularly? Well, you know, it it's sort of long been, I think, in, in marketing, something a, a lot of us have known that the more tactics a client is buying from you, it's sort of that rising tide lifts all boats, right? They, they, they support one another. So if you're buying radio, but you're also buying digital, that's going to make both of those buys better because it's just that reach and frequency and reinforcing the message sort of marketing 101. So yeah, there, you, you know, you may have a, a client buying one or two things, but if, if they're pinning their hopes and dreams on that one thing to change their world, it's not going to work as well as if they're buying a more layered approach. Yeah. Let's talk about video for a moment. I know that you've got uh, some thoughts on video as it, as it pertains to Facebook, and I'm not sure I agree with it, but you had made a comment uh, earlier when we were talking um, about Facebook being number one, pound for pound, best results on advertising. And I see the hair on the back of people's necks, you know, going up on that one. Facebook, really, pound for pound, best results. And it even gets worse, you said, especially when it comes to video. What? Yeah, well, you know, the, the beauty of Facebook, and, and I think you can see that in the results of your, your last survey, is that's the, that's the thing that advertisers can afford. That's highly targeted. And, um, you know, there's a ton of research that shows when you add video, 
We're a very visual society. We'd rather lean back and watch something than have to read about it. When you insert a video into somebody's Facebook stream, they're going to sit there and watch it. So that's where we just see the numbers. And, you know, compare that to your basic banner ad, which, you know, we've all had to sit there and explain to a client why 0.0 whatever percent is actually a good number. You know, we typically see much better response there. Well, you know, I think what you have is a lot of people thinking that, okay, yeah, advertisers are delusional. They're just spending a lot of money there because they post something and they get a bunch of likes, but a bunch of those likes are, are fake. They come, you know, from people who would never be clients or not even in the market, things like that. So, so, so you're telling me pound for pound best results. Is that based on them just buying it over and over again, saying, well, the, and, and convincing yourself, well, they're not stupid. They're just, they really see the results. The results are walking in the door. Yeah. You know, Facebook, right, right along with Google, you know, are, are driving results. You know, there's a, I tell people there's a reason, you know, Google's a trillion dollar company. Facebook is almost there. You know, these businesses aren't writing checks out of charity. They're spending money with these businesses because they they bring them results. And so I know the margins aren't as great there. And that, that's why sometimes we bristle, it, it, as you mentioned, at, at those platforms. But I think when you can creatively bundle in other services like management or video production or um, adding in search site retargeting, for example, you can create some other more profitable or bundle some more other profitable products in there. Yeah. So let's let's talk about rates. We've got to go to commercial break shortly, so we may come back to this. We are getting a lot of questions lately about rates, and I think there's skepticism in there, Daryl. So let's address just at least the basic policy of, of, of charging for SEO and social media management and things like that. And then after the commercial, let's let's get into specific rates if we can talk about that a little bit and how people are charging, media companies and agencies are charging for managing social media or managing SEO or managing SEM and things like that. But but generally, what, what are you seeing Overall, is there great skepticism out there? Are people going whole hog toward becoming a service company and servicing, um, you know, basically reselling SEM? We'll manage that for you and then charging them an additional, you know, up 15% or something like that. And same thing with social media. Is there a there there? Yeah, there certainly is. I mean, I keep going back to the Burrell studies because they, they, they're sort of telling us, right? I think one of your recent studies talked about on the digital services side, it was web design, hosting, SEO, were right up there at the top of the list. In SEO in particular, we're seeing a ton of businesses in the past few years that went ahead and had their site redesigned because they knew they needed to be mobile friendly, but they completely neglected the SEO part. So there's a huge opportunity there helping those existing sites, and it's highly profitable. It's basically the cost of your labor and whatever you can mark that up for. So SEO, very profitable piece of the business. We got to get to commercial in a moment, but, but, but just give me rapid fire. The, the three most profitable services that you see these agencies and media companies selling. Yeah, certainly the programmatic still has some of the best markups. People are doubling and tripling those costs. As I just mentioned SEO, content management and production. So when you're creating social content for folks, those are some of the areas our partners are, are getting the most profits out of. Excellent. Okay. So we're going to go to commercial and we'll be right back with some specifics on pricing right after this. 
Since 2012, Guarantee Digital has provided white-label product fulfillment and sales support for media partners and digital agencies in hundreds of markets. Some clients resell Guarantee Digital's full suite of agency products and enjoy white-glove fulfillment by Guarantee's Midwest-based team. Some simply hire Guarantee to be their on-demand sales specialist, booking Guarantee on calls to help them close more deals. How can we help your agency grow? Learn more at GuaranteeDigital.com. That's G-U-A-R-A-N-T-E-E-Digital.com. Ground Truth's advertising solutions reach consumers during relevant moments throughout their day to generate meaningful business engagement for marketers. Ground Truth can help you deliver solutions to support your goals, whether it's boosting awareness, driving store and website visits, or increasing sales. Find ways to extend your reach and amplify your message across CTV, mobile, and desktop. Find and engage consumers based on where they've been or where they are in real time. Ground Truth makes the process of growing your business seamless. Learn more at www.groundtruth.com. Okay, we're back. Hey, Daryl, I noticed that uh, that great Guarantee Digital commercial. Thanks, buddy, for uh, for being a sponsor. Really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Advertising works. Hey, uh, tell me, uh, I know we've gotten leads from this. Um, just briefly, how's it going at Guarantee Digital? What's what's happening there? Yeah, you know, it's um, 2020 was our best year ever, even in a crazy pandemic. And 2021 is basically building off of that. You know, we're we're still working with our media partners who we love, of course, but the biggest area of growth has been those independent agencies. We've, uh, like in August, we signed eight new agencies. Two of them were media partners and six were independents, just yep. to give you an idea. So, yeah, that report so, we did a couple of weeks ago on, uh, a couple of months ago, I guess, on, on agencies showed the really severe growth, tremendous growth in these, these independents, most of them digital agencies. Yep. Yep. And a lot of these guys are former media folks. So they yeah. maybe they, they got their training from some large media giant, but now they're off on their own and they know their stuff and they have a good deep contact list. So media companies have found their competition and it is them is <laughs> actually probably disgruntled former employees. The worst type of competition you could have. Hey, let's get to uh, the rate issue. I really mean it. We, for some reason, have a spate of requests to, to help people with understanding how to price things. I think there is skepticism in there, as I addressed a little bit earlier, that, you know, hey, should we really be selling, reselling CPC? There doesn't seem to be any money in it. And it's all, it's the tug, Daryl, back toward, oh, we need to be selling only our O&O stuff because there's high margins there. But we talked about just before the commercial, the top three things uh, that you saw as being profitable. Well, let's go through a couple of them. Tell me what people are pricing Google search engine marketing at if they're going to handle keyword buys. So give me a, an upsell rate for it, an upcharge for it rate percentage-wise, and then maybe a typical monthly fee. Are people accepting a couple hundred dollars a month or 500? You know, what, at what rate is it efficient for someone to serve an advertiser's monthly SEM needs? Yeah, well, sort of, you know, if you're dealing with a, a PPC buyer with any market savvy, they're going to know PPC is priced as a percentage of media spent, right? So that's going to be a sliding scale based on how much that spend is from, you know, 20 to 40%. Um, and so, you know, the, the reason people still sell a heck of a lot of it is because it flat out drives phone calls and leads, right? So then 
How can you make that worthwhile to sell that? You bundle in some other services that are more profitable. So you'll see search and site retargeting bundled with PPC. You'll see some other programs. And so, you know, those average buys, you know, we've got clients spending tens of thousands of dollars a month. And we've got people spending fifteen hundred a month, so, yeah, it just, so it just varies by market. So twenty to forty percent, Daryl, taking out the salesperson's commission, that does not leave much profit. So I'm guessing that your viewing or your opinion is that reselling SEM is almost a loss leader. There's not a there's a margin, but it's not very high. Yeah, you know, it it helps to keep the whole program sold. When you sit there and you know you properly set up their Google Analytics and you're tracking the post-click activity and conversions, at the end of the month, you have some really good numbers to point to in addition to the other solutions you may have bundled in there. So example, you're working with a roofer, right? You're not going to even pretend to put a marketing program together for a roofing company that doesn't include SEM. So in some of these verticals, it's kind of mandatory. All right. So let's talk about SEO. Loads of people are are selling that. And of course, there's a high demand for it. And we've heard of some really high markups for that. What are you what are you seeing if somebody's reselling SEO? Yeah, there's a ton of margin opportunity there because it's your skill to find a your, ton in your team's labor, you know, and then you can you can mark that up. And for businesses, what's the markup? Is it 50%? Is it hundred percent? Two hundred percent. I mean it. It can be substantial. And, and the thing is, a business owner is sitting there wondering why their beautiful new website is not found in search. And are they, they're thinking, do I have to redesign this whole thing? Do I have to start over? And you come in with an SEO program that's going to help fix that without the pain and angst of a redesign. They're going to be interested. So you said 200%. Is that uh, the exception or is that the norm? What's the norm for SEO markup? Yeah, at it, it least at least a 200%. So if, if we're doing work for a client and we're charging them $700 for an SEO tune-up, they may be charging $1,400 or higher to the end client. Is that SEO $700 a month or is that a tune-up one-time fee? Yeah, there, there's there's an option of a one-time tune-up and then there's ongoing SEO services, content creation, page and copy rewrites, things like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's you know ongoing support. Okay. So let's talk about social media management, not just Facebook and boosting posts, but the whole array of things, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, TikTok, LinkedIn, you know, whatever, whatever's out there. So if a media company, an agency wants to attract a client to say, oh, we can handle a lot of this. We're marketing experts. We'll take this off of your plate. What are they charging for that? Yeah. So we, you know, we've got programs starting at less than a grand a month and that, that's what our, our partners are retailing it for. And that includes a combination of of management. So we're creating and doing the post for them. And then we're adding in a little marketing flight on top of it. It's highly profitable. This is something where by bundling in the marketing and the management together, you can get a better markup than if you were just charging a service fee on top of the media spend. So what are they charging the end user? Is is the 1K a month your fee to the agency or? Yeah, so it. Yeah, if our, we've got a bundle for 400, you know, call it 450, they're selling it for 900 and up. So they're yeah. making a 50% margin. They're, you know, they're doubling our rate. And again, our, our program is wholesale retail, so they can charge whatever they want for that. So when you look at these folks that are selling agency stuff, that would be agencies, you know, their services, uh, agencies and media companies, agencies as well. 
typically at the top of the list in terms of profitability is website design and development. That's not often an ongoing fee. It's maybe three, six months or so of, of work, right? But we've seen that as the absolute highest margins where a great, great deal of, of profit is. It might not be long-term ongoing, but one shot, pretty significant fees. Are you seeing that? Yeah, you know, the beauty of website, you know, we've been doing this 10 years and, and we have clients we've been hosting for that long <laughs> and doing maintenance for. So we, we earned a nice margin when we built the site and, and where the real high profitability is, is ongoing hosting and management. So that that's a win for sure. And then often our partners will bundle in a little local SEO, a little off-page SEO, maybe some Google My Business Management, some rep- reputation monitoring, things like that. One of the uh, discussions we had earlier was um, prior to, the, to this podcast was about the size of client that media companies and agencies are pursuing. And you said that if you don't have $3,000 a month to spend, the reps that won't get out of the car. So what's, what's wrong with that? Why, you know, why, why go after the smaller long tail clients? They seem to be a hell of a lot of bother. Yeah, I think, you know, some media companies have made a conscious decision to sort of step those thresholds because they have a, a much smaller sales staff than they used to have. And so, you know, almost by default, they, they need to point their teams to those level of accounts. And I hate to keep throwing your own research back in your face, Gordon, but I think your last report had 47% of businesses were spending about 15 grand a year. So there's a lot of thousand dollar a month accounts out there. And especially for some of our agency startups and agency partners, if you can stack 20 or 30 of those, you know, and now you're, you know, you're, you're bringing in some nice income for yourself. Yeah. We take a bit of a different view of that. Not that it isn't efficient to go after. It's a decision. And certainly in smaller markets, the, the monthly charges can be fairly low. It could be $500 a month might be the, the threshold. But the way we look at it, Daryl, is that there are a lot of 10, 20, 30, $50,000 a month, $50,000 a month clients in most markets. And the media companies and agencies don't see them. They're just looking at their traditional client base. And that yeah. is well, people who advertise in outdoor, people who advertise in TV, people who advertise in the newspaper, we're going to go after those. And there are a lot of unseen potential clients out there. That's what we focus on. So we're, so we're a bit skeptical, I think, of going after that long tail, except you know, if you can service them a bit more, it's kind of the 80-20 rule. I don't know if you're seeing that. They just seem to be unusually high and realistically high requirements. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember when we launched, I launched an agency for journal communications back in 09, and we pulled SIC codes, businesses by SIC codes in the greater Milwaukee market. There were 55,000 businesses. I think at the time, journal may have had contracts with 1,300. <laughs> so, there's just a ton of opportunity out there beyond your current customer base. And it, even in the B2B sector, we're doing a lot more B2B. Those guys typically spend that that five to 10 and up per month. So that's amazing. Yeah. That's that's one of the key things that we've been doing is saying, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna show you what your share of uh, of the market is, and you'll be surprised at how low, phenomenally low it is. And you realize people get pissed off when you tell them that. Because they, you know, they say, oh, no, we got 80% of the market. No, you've got 2.2% of the market. You should be excited that there is so much upside. And by the way, let's just look at all the businesses that have the capacity to spend over $500,000 on the type of stuff you're selling. 
Like I said, a lot of people are blinded to that. Let's end with a question I have regarding the ebb and flow of budgets. I know there's been a lot of change. We actually seen a lot of increase this year, which is unusual in ad budgets out of you know a devastating year. So it was kind of new money and then it was kind of not. But where do you see the big shift in ad budgets, Daryl? Where's it coming from and where's it going to? And be as specific as you can. Yeah, you know, I think one thing that's more true um, than ever is advertisers are just, they're moving their dollars around toward things that they can attribute sales to. And so that measurable ROI, and I know that is sort of like a duh, but even more so today, I think, especially when you talk about those next generation members of a business owner's team that are running this marketing, they know this stuff is highly measurable. And you know, running, running a piece of traditional media and, and sort of wondering if it's working for you doesn't necessarily you know, satisfy them. So we're seeing some of that um, for sure. Yeah. You know, let me... Let me end with a quote. I just pulled it up from uh, one of the respondents to our survey back from April through June of this year. And he's one of the 2,800. Um, and he speaks directly, or she, this is an advertiser, a respondent to the survey. And this person says, I know our Facebook ads work because I can directly see the interaction. You know, they see a like, they see a comment, right? I know our radio ads work because I hear that a customer heard the ads and came in. You know, they tell them but I get nothing from the media companies we are actually purchasing from. So they're not getting any reports. So what they said is, yeah, okay, I see the interaction on Facebook. Customers come in and they tell me they heard a radio ad. Okay, that's a measure right there. But I get nothing, no reporting from media companies we're purchasing from on, look, here's how your ads are working. And they might show them traffic, you know, and, you know, Google traffic and things like that. But this is a uniform cry, Daryl. They're just not getting, the advertisers are just not getting the proof that all of this stuff they're doing is buying, except if they see it themselves, let's say in Facebook or a customer walks in the door. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's a shame too, because there's some great reporting platforms out there. There's tactics like call tracking where you can sit and listen to the phone calls that you're delivering for the advertiser. So it's a shame that, you know, some of those folks feel that way. I think they just don't have access to those programs or haven't heard about them. Anyway, Daryl, thank you very much for uh, sitting in. You did an excellent job. We're going to have to talk about uh, replacing Corey, perhaps. I don't know. Wow. Maybe a little little side hustle for me, Gordon. Is that what you're thinking? (laughs) Can anybody replace Corey? (laughs) Daryl, thanks again for your time. Thanks for sponsoring the program, Guarantee Digital. Great company. Appreciate it. And everybody, until next time, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, sponsored by Guaranteed Digital and by Ground Truth. If you have submissions or ideas for future shows or guests, email the hosts at podcast at Associates.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, market well.